0: Live from Beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics featuring occasional injections of rumor in your window, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Gary Abernathy, Washington Post columnist out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Conservative blogger Bruno Barron. Eric Cohn of the Acton Institute in Grand Rapids, Michigan, talk show host Mike Coolidge, a former congressional candidate, and in our second hour, Peter Qualia, a pro-Trump Republican who spent uh, over 30 years working in the law enforcement of the United States at the federal level, and uh, it's great to have you with us. 1-800-723-8029. we are live, of course, from WYND AM 560 just outside Chicago. That's the Salem Station uh, in the city, and uh, it's great to be with everybody tonight. Uh, and tonight we've uh, we've got two hours of rock'em-sock'em discussion because uh, a lot happened. There was the debate uh, this past week with Republican uh, wannabes, and then there, of course, was the uh, fourth indictment of Donald Trump in Atlanta, Georgia, and the famous mugshot heard around the world. So uh, I want to begin. First of all, I want to talk a little bit about the debate, and then we will get into the, the, the Trump issues as well. Uh, Eric Cohn, let me ask you, you're, you're a, a libertarian. Um, as you look at the debate, uh, looked at the debate the other night, is there anybody on that stage that you can see as president of the United States?
1: Oh, I could probably see a couple of them as president of the United States. The problem Who? was, is the person most, uh, I, I think, I, well, there's a couple ways of talking about this. I think, actually, I quite like Doug Burgum. Um, I don't think he has much of a chance of becoming president of the United mm-hmm. States, but if you could find a way to just, uh, airdrop him into the Oval Office, I think he would do a pretty good job. Um, I like Nikki Haley. I think that Ron DeSantis would do a good job, even though I have more qualms with him than I think most people uh, do who are looking for an alternative to Donald Trump. But the problem is, is that, uh, as Brett Baer pointed out, I think somewhere around the one hour mark of that debate, they're all 40 points behind Donald Trump for the nomination. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's an interesting question if to ponder hypotheticals, but I just don't know how much of that matters I want
0: to go. I want to go back and follow up with uh, you but first I want to go to Gary McCarthy uh, who watches these debates uh, professionally uh, by the way uh, Gary Abernathy Abernathy from uh, we have a former famous Gary McCarthy in Chicago so forgive me for that uh, uh, Gary my question to you is uh, you looked at the debate do you see objectively as a journalist do you see anybody at that stage if you close your eyes you, you might be listening to a president of the United States
2: Oh, sure. Absolutely. I, I actually thought, um, I thought Nikki Haley, uh, really stood out, uh, during the debate. Um, I thought that her experience as a governor, her experience at the United Nations, I was really surprised to look later at how much time each candidate spoke and found Nikki Haley was really in the second half of that, the bottom mm-hmm, four. Right. She only spoke about eight minutes or so. Uh, but it seemed like longer, which I thought was uh, a testament to how effective she was when she did speak. Um, I thought she kind of seemed like often the adult in the room, uh, quite often. But I thought Mike Pence had a good night. I thought um, uh, I thought uh, Vivek Ramaswamy had a very good night for a lot of people watching Ramaswamy. For the first time, they were going to be impressed by him. He's obviously got a lot of energy. He's obviously intelligent. Now whether the substance of what he's saying matches his presentation, that's, a, that's a good debate to have. But um, I thought he had a good night in terms of, mm-hmm. for the first time, a lot of the country's paying attention to who he was. But if you ask me, uh, you know, which one of those I thought that person's ready to step into the Oval Office, again, acknowledging that it's, the nominee's going to be Donald Trump,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: it would be Nikki
0: Haley. Okay. Uh, I also thought that uh, uh, the, the, obviously the reaction the other night uh, was Vivek Ramoshami. And again, we should mention that uh, Mike Coolidge, who joins me tonight, was a talk show host. He co-anchored with me on election night here on de- or on debate night uh, last week. Um, but I, I really couldn't tell where you came out. Uh, you were you were hiding your uh, your, your pro positions very well. But let's just speak about Ramaswamy because in the post-debate discussion, that's all we were talking about.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm a you know lifelong political junkie. I've been watching presidential debates since uh, I guess '92, and I always ask the same question. Can I picture this person as president of the right. United States? It's different this year because we already have a former president who is leading big time in the polls. And I'll just be very open. I would absolutely support him if he does wind up winning the nomination right. and, and campaign for him and do anything I could to help him win. That would be Donald Trump. Um, however, I want to keep my options open like anything else. I want these people to convince me everyone, myself included, that they could be president someday. And I absolutely think Ron DeSantis is a future yeah. president. I think he'll be in the White House someday. Vivek Ramaswamy, I see in the cabinet, I mean, he's 38 years old. He could be around like Pete Buttigieg on the other side for the next 40 years yeah. in politics, mm-hmm. maybe 50, uh, you know, judging how old our politicians are these days. So, yeah, I uh, I thought it was uh, outstanding. And we talked about it live on uh, the sure. Chicago station. Yeah.
0: And it was great. I think uh, the, uh, the the professional politicians – and, uh, or watchers, and I might include you, Gary, on this. Nobody went out of their way to talk about Ramaswamy. I mean, meet the press today, Chuck uh, t- Todd, he tried to hammer. Uh, Ramaswamy on the show, but everybody else in all the other discussions and the panels that were there, everybody really downplayed him. Uh, and I'm and I'm just wondering whether this is an example, of Bruno. And you did not watch the debate. and You'll tell us why you didn't watch it. But again, could this be an example that the the professional class, the pundits, uh, they may all agree that that uh, Nikki Haley did the best job, but the voter voters out there in TV land might really like what. Swami had to say.
4: Well, I've, I've been watching all the candidates. I'm, I'm like Mike, I'm a, and all of us, I think, we're political junkies. I've been following politics. I had my first political argument with my dad when I was eight. Um, you know, So I've been following this. Uh, he did, but that's because he was older and smarter. Um, <laughs> the fact of the matter is that I stopped watching presidential debates about 15, 20 years ago because they just became too inane. I mean, and I'll give you an example of just really fit. When Carter and Reagan debated, and I was... Tr- Twenty back then, when they were debated, they spoke at a twelfth grade level with the words they used. And when Bush and Kerry had their debate, they spoke at like a sixth grade level. And this is just this is just parsing out the vocabulary. Um, the debates have become so stupid. I think um, moderators have ruined the debates. They've made them. I mean, they've made them virtually unwatchable. Uh, you can't talk policy with sixteen people getting thirty seconds each. It it to me it makes no sense. So I don't even watch the debates. I, I do watch the reaction afterwards. I well, am. Well, I can
0: tell you one thing. Vivek, Vivek used big words. Yeah. his vocabulary uh, expanded. And by the way, if, if if you were to stop any candidate on the street and ask them to talk about what they really believe, the only one that, that, that I think can do it without cards right off the, never missing a sentence, is Vivek. I don't know whether it's because he's 38 or he's just really smart, maybe really smarter than everybody else, he's but a, he's, he's a, smart. Yes, he, agree.
4: Yeah, well, and he talks too fast, and I think he yep. was a little, it seemed a little bit frenetic, but what I watched of him, incidentally, I, I, because of getting on the show, I actually fast-forwarded through a whole bunch of the debate just to be somewhat ready for it because That's I didn't good. want to be the only person that hadn't watched the debate enti- entirely, and I, I, it made me think that I was right about not watching debates. Um, I'll just say this one last thing really quickly. If Donald Trump is the nominee, the election will be about Donald Trump, and he will lose. And if the election is anybody else, Nikki Haley or uh, or um, any of the other ones up on that stage, in DeSantis or whatever, the election will be about Joe Biden, and they'd lose.
0: Yep. Uh, Eric Cohen, uh, you, I know you're chomping at the bit. We'll come back to you when we continue. 1-800-723-8289 from coast to coast and border to border. First of all, in this segment, uh, we're weighing in on the debate this past week. And if you want to offer your thoughts, give us a call. 1-800-723-8289.
5: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra. An exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. The kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
6: Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu.
7: We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. If you talk me, we'll hear you. We all want our kids
8: to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
0: Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway, and before the break, Eric Cohn, who joins us from uh, the beautiful state of Michigan. Uh, You look like you were ready to jump down my throat when I was singing the praises of Vivek Ramishwamy.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, Donald Trump, for a certain set of people, I think was their idea of what a rich person was like, with his kind of conspicuous consumption, his gold-plated penthouse apartments. And if you get to know a lot of really wealthy people, you find out very few are actually like that i think there's a set of people for whom they think that ramaswamy is what a smart person sounds like i think he's incandescently stupid um by way (laughs) of example uh he was on meet the press today which you mentioned in which he said that uh mike pence should have used the opportunity of january 6 to unilaterally implement universal single day voting and voter id this is a man who thinks that 18 to 24 year old should have to pass a civics test in order to vote I wonder if he could pass the same test because the vice president does not have that power. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he just you're right. He can put words together and he can sound compelling. I as a millennial, I apologize for the way that he is representing millennials and Mm -hmm. kind of the energy that uh, millennials have. Um, I'm disappointed that this is our big entry <laughs> into the presidential debate scene. Well, you uh, had Andrew Yang. Scene. Four years ago, you had Andrew Yang. So. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, well, who do I do find up. slightly more interesting than Vivek Ramaswamy. But I look at what he says about Taiwan. Even if you are less right. interventionist in foreign right. policy, saying we will back Taiwan until we can build up our own semiconductor manufacturing and then China can do whatever it wants is idiotic. It is just not the way an adult conducts foreign policy, Mm -hmm. and it is frankly an embarrassment to have him up on the stage. Mm -hmm. He is one of many people the RNC should be able to say to, you have no business running for president, get out of the race, but that's just not the way political parties operate.
0: Gary, I want to ask you, because you're from Cincinnati, and that's uh, where uh, Vivek, uh, he's from actually from, from Columbus, he was in Columbus, but he's from Ohio. Does anyone in Ohio politics know who this guy is? I mean, not very many. I mean,
2: I think that uh, I think he actually is from Cincinnati and then went to Columbus. Yes, right. I think that's the bio. Um, I'm not. Don't hold me to that, but I think that's right. No, I. I, He doesn't. He doesn't get a lot of. Only in the last, really since the debate, I see more local, locally grown stories about how Ramaswamy has the Ohio Mm ties. Before that, uh, you wouldn't have known it. But you know, a lot of the criticism of Ramaswamy, and I, I think it's a lot of it's valid. But it's the same exact criticism that was leveled against Trump in 2016.
9: Exactly. I mean,
2: why is this guy here? He's saying ridiculous, stupid things. He's saying things that no one uh, believes are good policy or possible to happen. And yet that's what caught fire and propelled him uh, to the upset presidency. And that's what mm-hmm. Ramaswamy's tapping into the same thing, the same general populist message. And that's where especially the Republican Party, that's where the Republican Party is at right
0: now. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, for the for the Trump supporters, um, uh, if Trump doesn't make it, is there anybody else on that stage that they would agree to go to? Maybe some would hold their nose and go to DeSantis, but Trump has spent a lot of time and energy in, in roughing up DeSantis. But I think the one that they would go to after that debate would be Rameshwamy, because he says some outrageous things, and he says them in somewhat of, of a flamboyant manner— and he's the only one that uh, didn't pick on Donald or didn't pick on Donald Trump, said he would pardon him on his first day.
3: Yeah. I mean, I I disagree with Eric and, and I love Eric. And, you know, I used to interview him regularly on my show. But I mean, I think he's brilliant, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. I mean, he, he's a billionaire <laughs> for crying out loud at 38 years old. He, he, Money don't doesn't
1: equal intelligence. Idi, idiots
3: don't <laughs> all, idiots don't become billionaires at, at 38 years old. T- yeah. Completely self made too. But but what, he, what he's so good at too is manipulating the media and debating with the media. I thought he was great on the uh, Meet the Press today. Chuck Todd, the biggest joke in mainstream media these days, with with complete uh, you know feeding these false prem- premises into every question and R- Ramaswamy I mean I, I don't think he's even remotely close to being qualified right now to be president except for the fact that he is extremely smart and he is extremely successful have- in his field technically he's, he has a bigger net worth than uh, the than Donald Trump did and Donald Trump yeah. had no, uh, no experience either politically.
0: Uh, gonna- Bruno to you and then we're going go to go to calls well
4: uh, Ramaswamy's Fine, as far as I'm concerned, I I don't. He's probably down on the list. I mean, as as I would to answer your first question, when you first asked who's qualified, um, any and all GOP nominee is going to be more qualified than a Democratic Party that thinks the way it does right now and that acts the way it does, and then puts forward a demented puppet like uh, Joe Biden, who is clearly failing uh, at a rapid rate. So, the, it, I'd rather have the Republicans' problems right now than the Democrats' problems. Um, but you know that said, I'm I'm going to be the guy that's on record saying we, we're we're the most possible risk we could be taking would be to renominate Trump. I think he's the least likely to win, and I'd be fine with Nikki Haley. I'd be fine okay. with Chris Christie. I'd be fine with all of them. I want
0: to come. I want to come back and continue that conversation about about the Trump uh, indictment and the legal issues because we haven't discussed which we will at length as the program unfolds. But we do have callers on the line. John in McHenry, Illinois joins us tonight on Beyond the Beltway. Go ahead, John. And I noticed
10: uh, one of your uh, panelists uh, writes for the Washington Post. So I'm going to jump to that because the Washington Post and the 538 and Ipsos did a very comprehensive post debate poll with a, a healthy sample. And I agree with the poll. It was a case of DeSantis uh, finished first. He finished about three percentage points higher than mm-hmm. uh, Ramaswamy. I thought Haley came in second. But something that that same poll pointed out about Ramaswamy, as all of y'all were talking about that, According to their polling, his negative shot up almost three-fold for what it was pre-debate. And I thought that was interesting. And it started with Chris Christie calling out the fact that he's basically plagiarizing Barack Obama's 2004 <laughs> convention speech. And then, a little bit later, he kind of did similar with Larry Elder on what's wrong with the, with fatherless homes. So I guess, you know, I thought DeSantis, he was by far, in my opinion, the most disciplined I love how he kept referring it back to his record in the state of Florida yeah. well, uh, De-
0: John and- stay stay on, stay on the line because you're right uh, the post and a couple of other sources did say that uh, their analysis was that uh, that DeSantis uh, you know won the debate uh, I don't know whether yeah. he won the debate I thought he was he was okay he didn't he didn't yeah. necessarily stand out. But on key issues and, and looking presidential, I thought he did uh, well there. So let's let's get everybody's reaction to uh, DeSantis. Eric, uh, what marks would you give to DeSantis?
1: He did okay. Um, he okay. didn't harm himself. And really that is the only thing that you should be looking for if you're one of these people in one of these debates. You know, Don't do anything that is going to uh, crash and burn your campaign. I think he came into it as the number one alternative to donald trump i think he left the debate as the number one alternative to donald trump so in that sense he did fine but he really needs to get a new set of consultants because they're trying to make him warmer and more likable and he doesn't need to do that to be an effective candidate but he has to lose that like arnold schwarzenegger and terminator 2 kind of fake smile thing that he's doing that is just not working and makes it's just kind of off-putting when he tries to do it
0: uh gary your response to to, uh Uh, the role in which the the post poll and also uh, the fact that DeSantis, according to them, won it. I was surprised at the
2: results of the post poll. I didn't think DeSantis won it. Um, I thought, as everybody else seems to think, he did fine and doing, I guess, he may have won it in terms of only because people, it reflects where he's standing. He's a solid number two in the polls, solid being 30 points behind uh, the guy who's Number one, but I thought throughout the night, DeSantis just played it safe. Re- repeated some of his greatest hits, repeated a lot of his campaign rhetoric that he that he uh, you know spouts out. And, and for those of us that pay attention, uh, there wasn't much new there. So I thought he did fine. And if you are trying to protect that number two position you have, uh, he did that.
0: Yeah, and also you know the, the the reports that came out that there was a secret uh, uh, advisory uh, to DeSantis that he should go after and bring a sledgehammer. To Ramaswamy, he was one of the few people that didn't, and I'm just wondering of those that went after Ramaswamy, including the vice president and Chris Christie and uh, and, and Nikki Haley, did that just happen in a in a a, a, by luck, or were they actually thinking about that because it. It doesn't seem that, that strategically they would have made that as part of their plan in advance.
3: I, I still think this goes back to the uh, the brilliance of Vivek Ramaswamy is he knew that was going to happen. He was great at making the debate about him. I mean, my gosh, when, when Trump ran in 2015... People didn't think he had any shot at becoming president, but they knew who he was. He was already a household name. Vivek, nobody knows him. How the heck did he get to be the center of attention in a presidential debate at 38 years old where he's taken arrows from Nikki Haley on one side, Chris Christie on the other? I
0: mean, that is as brilliant a media strategy as you can get. And he is the only Republican presidential candidate who has been a guest on Beyond the Beltway. Is that right? He's the only one that's taken the time. (laughs) So there, hey, Bruce.
4: Yeah, you, you might have some bias there. Could Bruce. be.
10: Uh, well, I, well, I we'll, we'll hey, Bruce, do have bit.
0: Go ahead, Bruce.
4: One, one thought, if I can share.
10: Um, yeah. There was issues with being uh, Ramaswamy is a product of predominantly internet polling, and when you look at some of the polls that are more conventional, he's down at two or three percent. But the other thing to remember, and I know we're running through a break here, if you look at Iowa. Uh, you know, the Des Moines Register published their first pre caucus poll last Monday, which is overshadowed by the debate. Trump's only leading the there by twenty three points and the first post debate Iowa mm-hmm. polls on seat has that lead down to twenty. And you still have four and a half months to January fifteenth. And remember a caucus has no early voting, no vote by mail. Right. You have to be the entire time. So
0: I still th- I and think also, census- also oh, Iowa Iowa, I believe, is one of the oldest states in the United States insofar as the population of its uh, voters. And, uh, you know, I don't know how they will cotton to a 38-year-old whippersnapper. And I think a lot of people view him as that in the wake of this debate. We do have to pause. 1-800-723-80289. 1-800-723-80289. Bruno Barrett is here, and Mike Coolidge is here, and Gary Abernathy is here, joining us from Cincinnati. And Eric Cohn joins us from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm Bruce Dumont. This is Beyond the Beltway. Don't go away. 1-800-723-8289. From coast to coast and border to border and around the world at beyondthebeltway.com.
5: Goodbye, bench press.
3: Adios, squat rack.
5: Fare thee well, kettlebell.
6: Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu.
11: Because when you talk, they hear you.
8: For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
0: Bruce Dumont continues, and at this particular portion of the show, we let each of our guests take a moment to briefly introduce themselves, and we're going to begin Ooh. with Eric Cohn. Eric?
1: Thanks, Bruce. Uh, I am the uh, my day job. I am the director of marketing and communications at the Acton Institute for the Study of Religion and Liberty, which is headquartered here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, through them, I'm the producer of a documentary film called "The Hong Konger: Jimmy Lai's Extraordinary Struggle for Freedom," uh, which is about a political dissident, Jimmy Lai, who is currently imprisoned in Hong Kong by the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, one of a pro-democracy activist and newspaper publisher there. People mm-hmm. can stream that film on demand for free at freejimyly
0: And it is a great film. having seen it, I can uh, definitely say it's it's worth your time. Uh, Gary Abernathy joins us from Cincinnati, Ohio. Give us the give us the uh, elongated bio introduction mm-hmm. of yourself, Gary. No,
2: let's do the uh, let's do the short bio the thumbnail. <laughs> um, I uh, uh, was a longtime newspaper editor and a reporter. Um, uh, took a break, also went and worked in politics for a while, worked for Senator Portman, Senator Boinovich, um, and then uh, came back into newspapers uh, in Ohio. And then for the last six years, been been writing, uh, writing for the Washington Post kind of from a Trump country perspective, which they wanted to add
0: mm-hmm.
2: after Donald Trump's surprise victory in uh, 2016. Right,
0: and have you noticed a decline in his popular support in Ohio? No, no,
2: um, I don't think so. Um, he, you know, he won Ohio again in 2020 with the same eight-point margin he had in the, the first time around, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't see a sign of. In fact, it was funny when he got indicted the other day, Bruce. I saw a, I saw a note go out from a county chair urging Republicans to put Trump's yard signs back out in their yards. As a sign of support for Trump, so I don't Mm -hmm. think the
0: support is waning any.
4: Bruno uh... So Bruce, as you mentioned, I've been on radio here with you for a long time. I've uh, had a little bit of a radio show myself in the past. I've worked uh, in education reform at the Heartland Institute. I've been kind of like I joke about it, but I've been a you know a a member of the vast right wing conspiracy in some way, shape, or form since uh, my. Um, early, my mid-twenties, uh, going to law school. And right now I'm working for a nonprofit where we're trying to take a, a town north of here that's struggling and turn it from 70% rental, 30% ownership, to flip it to 70% ownership. So we're basically doing what Habitat for Humanity does, uh, but we're doing it just for not, one town.
0: But you're not a Trumpster, because someone, when I announced who was going to be on this evening, one of our longtime listeners who, who blogs and responds, she said, oh, you all got all Trump people on tonight and you're not a Trump
4: no I've I've been Trump I've been a Trump skeptic I always have been I was in 2016 I thought we were gonna lose big and I was surprised when he won that night and I'm I'm I was pleasantly surprised that he wasn't a universally horrible president that I thought he would be Um, but I've always been a skeptic uh, not only of of some of his policies but also of his personality and I think we can thank him for his efforts and move on to something better
0: Mike Coolidge tell us about yourself
3: Yes, uh, hosted a syndicated radio show regionally for 15 years, uh, broadcast throughout Illinois mostly in Red County, America. And (laughs) the gist of my show and the perspective was small-town America, rural America, non-big-city America, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. what eventually became what people call Trump country, MAGA country, if you will. And that is why I don't in any way, shape, or form discount Donald Trump for winning the nomination, discount him for winning the presidency again, because this group of people in the United States, the forgotten men and women of this country, continue to be ignored. The The Washington Post, Gary Abernethy, uh, I think that's great that, that your newspaper um, hired you and gave you this beat uh, for a little bit. Uh, that's one of the few... Uh, instances where that, that still exists they, they they paid attention to us for about three weeks and then they started all the James Comey you know Russian hoax baloney so uh, I don't think we win without uh, we were talking a little bit well um that's all the thing that that's my no. just cool my okay. cool would just spell with a K
0: okay good and I'm gonna <laughs> go back to Eric Eric uh, what do you see the campaign looking like I mean we have we have four indictments 91 counts uh, over four jurisdictions Those trials are going to be going on. We don't know when they're going to start. We don't know when they're going to end. Uh, Some of them are suggesting they start as early as the 2nd of January, which I don't think is going to happen. But Donald Trump is going to be in the news, if not physically, in a courtroom for much of 2024. How does, does every story about him in court, does it help him? Does it reinforce his... victimhood position that he's taken upon himself?
1: I don't think any of it makes any difference to the current lay of the land. And the current lay of the land is that he's ahead by 30 to 40 points in the Republican primary. He's leading in the early states. I think we're going to see some movement beneath him. But I... I I am at an absolute loss for what any of those candidates who were on stage uh, the other night can do to surmount the lead that he currently has. I just don't know what it, what could happen. So in that way, I think the debate was irrelevant to the 2024 race. I think that debate was highly relevant to uh, 2028 and beyond because I think it gave you an idea of what a post-Trump Republican Party could look like. Um, the problem is, is that I'm in largely agreement with Bruno's analysis uh, with with good res- with dear respect to my good friend, Michael Coolidge. Um, I don't see how Trump now goes about flipping back the people that he needs to win in order to win the election. So I, I think he is on a path to losing. But hell, I was wrong about that in 2016. So who even knows? But, um, but I won't get to November have, yet. But for the ha- primary, I don't. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you this follow up. Do do you believe, obviously, a lot of people jumped off the the, the Trump train after uh, after 2020? Either they didn't vote for him, a large number did not vote for him, and then there's the people that he lost uh, post-election day. Um, Do you think that there's a significant number of people that are going to forgive Donald Trump for how they felt on January 6th and how they have felt with all of the trials coming on do you really think there's a large number of people that are going to give him a second chance just because they may agree that he's been a victim here, and they may agree that Hunter Biden's getting away with you know whatever he's getting away with, but they still don't want to give him that that chance, a second chance? Is that, I
1: think the Republicans are going a to come small home number? and. I think the Republicans are going to come home and they're going to vote for him because he'll be the Republican nominee. The problem was, is I don't know what he can do to gain back the independence that he started losing immediately after winning in 2016. Mm -hmm. The independence that cost him the 2020 election, despite what his delusions tell people that he won it. I don't know what he can do to flip those people back in the states he needs to win in order to win. I I think it's a suicide mission to nominate him again, but the Republican Party seems very determined to do Mm -hmm. so.
0: By the way, we have a, a, a graphic that I want to put up here which deals with some of the things that you're talking about because we're obviously talking about the people that watched the Republican debate the other evening, uh, most of whom obviously were Republicans. But l- listen to some and watch some of these numbers because we're going to put them up on the air. The total U.S. population, 332,278,200. Of that number... Sixty-nine uh, percent are actually registered, according to two thousand twenty-two, and that's 229,271,950, I think two hundred twenty-nine million. And now, if you go to the next graphic as to where these people are coming from, only fifty or fifty-two point two percent of actu- of people actually voted. So the people were voted were it was a hundred and eighteen million. 679,962 that's 52 percent of the possible voters actually voted and if you break that down by party and this is why I think uh, uh, maybe we have to have more of a discussion of independent and non-Republican non-Democrat discussions Forty-eight million, three hundred and seventy-five thousand and forty-five are Democrats. In second place are the independents, with 42,267,160. And in third place, by registration of my party, the Republican Party, 39,910,987 are Republicans. So, uh, Mike, you've got your hand up, because it seems to me that the, the, the independent position here is one that's primarily overlooked... By the media, by pundits, uh, in the debate that goes on between elections, that really uh, the party that everybody should be going after are the independents, not the Republicans.
3: I don't disagree that independents need to be swung or enough of them need to be swung to go to the eventual winner, but I was just doing the math here when you put it on the screen, Mm -hmm. and the last poll I saw, and someone could check this, that 25% of the Republican base, Republican Party voters are not going to vote at all if Trump is not the nominee. That's almost 10 million people, 25 percent of 40 million Republicans who vote. That's enough to swing the election. And that's and I believe it because I've talked to numerous people who say I won't vote at all if Trump's not the nominee. So if it is a DeSantis or someone else, they're going to start running against Biden with 10, with 10 million uh, of the, of the people not voting or uh, maybe, maybe less than that, but I still think it's going to be a significant chunk.
0: Bruno, to you, do, does the, does the appeal of, of no labels a no label candidate, since we, we know that Democrats don't really want Biden, Republicans really don't want Trump. A lot of people really they, they don't want that that ticket again to choose from. that does it mm-hmm. offer an opportunity for no labels or some other group that comes forward? that really represents that second party in America, which are the independents? That's the question. I want to get everybody's response to it. We do have to break right now. 1-800-723-8029, from coast to coast and border to border. This is Bruce Dumont, and we're hoping you're enjoying us the program this evening. one 800 723 8289 you can offer your comments on the presidential election and the primary elections that is before us or will be for us for it's hard to believe it's a year from november it's not this november it's a year from november lots of talk i'm bruce dubai don't go away
6: Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for Working Adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than one million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine
5: vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. A kind of exclamation, you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
7: I'll be here to hear what's on your mind.
8: Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance, early and often, on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it, not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. When you
7: need me, I'll be by your side.
14: One in three adults has pre-diabetes, one in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners.
0: Bruce Dumont back, and uh, let's go to Eric Cohen. Eric, uh, you want to follow up on the uh, the thought of independence being the second largest uh, registered uh, voters in the United States? And, and does that opportunity for uh, pundits and everybody else to... Uh, to, to, to really look to an independent move, whether it's no labels or something more efficient than no labels, that that's where maybe the majority of the American people are.
1: So a couple of things. Um, the first is that is a large number, which indicates mostly people have been leaving their affiliation with the two major political parties. Mm-hmm. Most of those people still have a leaning uh, in effect, they are still essentially Republicans or Democrats. I don't know exactly what those numbers are, right. but they aren't pure independents in the way that I think we, we may be attempting to discuss it here. To your question of could a third-party candidate have any success, um, they could have an impact on the race. In, in the words of Richard Hofstadter, uh, third parties in American politics are like bees. They have their effect by stinging and then they die. Uh, so somebody could come into this race again, assuming they could actually get on the ballot in enough states to have an effect, which is a very dicey proposition. No labels claims to be working on this, um, but that is a big uphill battle. The only, the last party I think that had, uh, third party that had a candidate on all other state ballots was the Libertarian party, mm-hmm. which is in a complete state of disarray right now. And I don't even know if they're going to run a candidate. I don't know, um, no, I don't know that they're actually going to run a candidate. Uh, in li- all likelihood, if there is a third-party candidate, they take votes away from the person that they're most closely aligned with. Uh, we'd have to see who that person is, but really, we we have a two-party system. We have a okay. uh, that is what we have, and just not a lot is going to change that. Unfortunately,
0: Gary, Gary, a question to you as a member of the media, and th- this is really more of a question for the media during between campaigns. Does the media have a greater responsibility to look in, to discuss, and to try to root out independent thinkers that might be president? Or, I mean, everybody seems to be so focused on the Republican and Democratic horse races. Uh, They don't look at a a third possibility. Yeah, I think they do.
2: Um, And I think one, one point, I was Googling this real quick during the break. More important than how people are registered is how people think of themselves. And Gallup in the spring just did a poll that found that 49% of Americans think of themselves as politically independent. Only 25% Republican, 25% Democrat, and how they will identify if you ask them. How people often ask, answer that question is different than what you find on their voter registration. So about half the country thinks that they're politically independent right now, and they're they're up for grabs. That's a big that's a big piece of the electorate to be up for grabs.
0: Bruno.
4: Well, you had asked the question a little bit differently right before the break, and I think um, at at this point in time, and in, in the way in the way things are right now, I think most of the people in the country are uncomfortable with rerunning 2020. I think both sides understand that the, the, they'd rather not rerun that race. So you're seeing a lot of interest. The simple fact of the matter is that if you need 270 electoral votes, you know the, the first question you have to ask any independent is how are what's your path to 270, and since the obvious answer to that is there isn't one. How can you have any impact? Like, what What can be the impact? Or it's through the House. Yeah, or it's, it's through, through the, the House. Yeah, or it's through the House. And, and of course, you, you, you'd, you'd have to pull off 33%, 34 36% of the vote to even get that to be thought of. But that doesn't mean that you can't be some kind of a kingmaker. But that alone is so hard. So one of the things I've always – I look back at Perot. You look back at, like, what, what Nader did in Florida and in uh, with Gore – uh, the the interesting thing to me is that a, a, a demonstrably large independent campaign, whether it's no labels, whether it's a independent, or whether it's Andrew Yang uh, with his party, I think it only helps the GOP, and it doesn't necessarily. And I'm not only looking at the presidential race here. I'm looking at uh, the absolutely brutal Senate map for the Re- Democrats. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I wouldn't want to have that problem. They're going to be in serious trouble Senate wise. Mm-hmm. And if 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 the if the GOP does nothing better than the 74 million votes. That Donald Trump got, which was in his favor, ten million more than he won with in 2016. That's no small feat. Um the fact of the matter is it only helps the GOP because more stuff gets discussed, more people get out, there's more stuff in the mix, okay. and we just do better in the House and Senate.
3: Mike Coolidge. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, Cornell West is running for the Green Party, I right. think, or one of the independent things. Right. He's mm-hmm. he's going to take votes away from Democrats, maybe enough to swing it. I uh, can't discount that. I would welcome a, an independent candidate. They're, they have no chance in heck to uh, get anywhere, win any electoral votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but – um, yeah, the Senate is totally up for grabs. That's a, that's a awesome thing. And I think Republicans can gain at least a uh, half a dozen uh, seats in this next one
0: coming. All up. Right, let's go to Arthur in Austin, Texas, listening to us on KLBJ. Arthur, you're on the air. Hi, Bruce. And, Hi. uh, first I want I want I just want to say I, I really
13: enjoy your program. I, I enjoy the way uh, you're respectful to your Thank audience you. and, Thank uh, you. and, and, uh, respectful to your callers because unlike a lot of other hosts, you don't hang up on them. You engage them and, I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. So, uh, and so I have three points to make, and I can't remember who it was, which one of your panelists said that uh, Ramosami was idiotic for saying something. Uh, I want to respond to that. But but first, I I just want to say I have three points. The first thing about the debate that I noticed was that I think what really lost it for dissent I think what really screwed him in a bad way was when they asked the question and they asked everyone to raise their hands. And he looked around. And I don't know if y'all saw yeah. that. Yeah, I he did. He looked yeah. to his right and he looked to his <laughs> yeah. left. You know, this is a guy that's running for president and he's trying to <laughs> copy somebody else's homework. Edget, that's, what, yeah. <laughs> that's what, you know, someone mentioned, one of your panelists mentioned the forgotten man, forgotten woman. That was me. Like, That's what the forgotten man, forgotten woman's gonna notice. They're like, This guy is a politician looking for the best answer to give and who who raised his hand first and fastest Vivek, and kept it yeah. highest? The Ramaswamy. Yep. And you know, it's easy to say he's thirty eight years old, so let's automatically disqualify him. Why is a thirty eight year old the first guy to raise his hand he raises it the highest, the most confident, and why is a thirty eight year old who's never been in a political debate
0: before, kicking everybody else's butts, governors. Really that's, that, that's, a, that's a very good <laughs> pun. Uh, Arthur, thanks very much for your kind words, and thanks for listening uh, every Sunday night. Uh, I want to thank uh, Gary uh, Abernathy uh, from the Washington Post. He hails from Cincinnati, Ohio, keeps his pulse on the, the Buckeye State, reports that through the Washington Post uh, column that he writes. And uh, thank you very much for joining us on our program this evening. We will continue with the rest of our panel, and we'll also welcome a new guest when we continue. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. we back with hour number two of Beyond the Beltway from coast to coast and border to border. Thank you very much for joining us. In this hour, we welcome a new guest, Peter Qualia, and uh, he is a pro-Trump Republican or pro-Trumpster. I don't know whether he's a Republican or not. 30-plus uh, years in the federal law enforcement, and uh, he joins us. He lives in Pennsylvania, but he joins us tonight from the Jersey Shore. And Peter, nice to have you with us on Beyond the Beltway, Maiden Voyage. Nice to have you with us.
15: Thank you very much, Bruce. Glad to be here.
0: In the first hour, we had lukewarm or uh, a lot of antagonistic things said about uh, Donald Trump. So let's begin with you by offering your assessment of where his campaign is right now with uh, four indictments and and 91 criminal counts against him. How's he going to do it?
15: Well, I share uh, Donald Trump's position that he gets stronger with every indictment. I think that... uh, uh, the american people have their eyes open they understand that this is purely partisan if uh, no less than alan dershowitz has said that uh, the most recent indictment in fulton county you could remove the name of donald trump and all of his people and put the entire gore defense team from 2000 in there they haven't done anything different than al gore's people did and to, i think it's very transparent to, to what ex-
0: to what extent is donald trump's ability To move forward in the wake of these indictments, to what extent is it tied to the legal issues that Hunter Biden has and the possible legal problems that the president has? In other words, is that that really tit-for-tat, and is that how voters are uh, dissecting these two uh, different legal uh, issues? Well,
15: that's 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 certainly how Republican voters are saying it. certainly how Trump voters are saying it. Every time... uh bad news is going to come out about hunter biden or joe biden there's a new indictment of donald trump so i absolutely believe the two are connected
0: eric cohen what's your reaction to that where where does the where do where do the biden legal problems fall into frankly the decision that voters will make between now and a year from november
1: the Biden legal problems are going to have much less of an effect on this race, unless there is some clear smoking gun kind of evidence connecting money to Joe Biden, which we haven't seen that evidence yet. Uh, I think it's completely possible that it exists out there, but until we actually do see it, um, the problems with the president's son are the problems with the president's son. And I don't think that they are going to have a major impact on the race. Meanwhile, all the stuff about Trump is about the guy who will actually be on the ballot. That is going to matter. So going back to the conversation we were having in the last hour, if you're going to assume that Trump holds all the people that voted for him in 2020, not a single one of those people based on what he did after the election, what he has done in the years since has decided they don't want to vote for him anymore. He still needs to flip a bunch of people who voted for Joe Biden. And I just don't see the path for him doing that, given what he has done, given the way that he has been acting. Bruno Barron's got a follow up.
4: Well, so Eric and I are, you know, we've been on the show with you before and we're, I think we're probably pretty much on the same page, if not exactly the same page on, on some of this stuff. Um, But I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll just take the uh, opposite side of that, given that we have a similar view. And that is that I, I can actually see a path because of a few things. Number one, uh Joe Biden is going to be weaker he he's weaker now than he was in uh 2020 and he's going to be weaker possibly a year from now than he than he was then uh i mean and there's all kinds of questions going on about him and they they are literally propping up a, a potential corpse um that doesn't necessarily benefit Trump that much but there are people who might switch their votes or there might be people might be people who don't vote uh... the other thing is that uh, independent of the fact that I don't lo- like Trump very much and I don't want him to be the nominee, uh, these indictments are probably also getting some people to start asking some questions. So just imagine that these trials go forward, and Trump is actually, you know, look I mean, and the, not just the juries on the on the trials, but the American people watching these trials. And you're going to have the media spinning things the way they do. But you're, you know they have less power every year and there's all kinds of other media and the fact of the matter is that Trump could pull some rabbits out of some hats here he's he's showing himself to be very very media savvy like what what Tucker and and Trump did to the GOP debate and what right. they did to Fox was brilliant and, and again no it was th- not well okay Eric you you, you <laughs> whatever I think it was clever that they might have gotten more views uh, you know depending on who, who the know. bots are but then the other thing is like this this mugshot thing was hilarious I mean, look, Trump is still a, a savant at manipulating media independent of the fact that it hates him. And and there's just there's just no doubt about that. So, I think it's possible that Trump can win. I still think he's the weakest of all the candidates.
0: I want to ask Mike Coolidge. Mike, I, I, agree just, with just, just, saying, I want to just a second. I want to get I want to get back but I want to get Mike Coolidge into the conversation. Mike, does does the does the mugshot uh, does that turn out to be a big plus for Trump?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And then some. I mean, he raised seven million dollars on it in 24 hours, and that's going to keep coming. It's one of the it's one of the coolest mugshots of all time. And it's probably going to be what people remember him from 500 years from now. That really just bad ASS uh, mugshot. And he probably <laughs> could have done it a smiley way. He could have did it a different way. I think he hit it out of the park with that. And it totally backfired on the media, who wanted to, uh, you know, make. They wanted to humiliate him. Instead, they didn't. Uh, But I think he could absolutely win because something we haven't talked about at all is the absolute incompetence and corruption of Joe biden there are going to be a lot of people who when it's revealed more and more with the mainstream media is going to be forced to talk about him as this hunter biden stuff uh, it becomes more uh, a reality and he's because going to have to the go House to court. investigation yes but but also the the trial that they that they screwed up yep. that hunter biden's lawyers screwed up that's going to be having to have to be talked about there's hard evidence that joe biden is uh compromised and all this stuff and um that's going to hurt him big time and the last thing i'll say about trump's um, legal problems. Uh, I keep hearing in the mainstream media, oh, this is going to get in the way of his campaigning and stuff. That is his campaigning. Exactly. That is going <laughs> yeah. to, like, that, that's going to be all over the news. He doesn't have to show up at an airport and talk for 20 minutes if, if he's being talked about 24-7.
0: The, he, he has every shot in the world right, here, of here, here's, the, here's, the, here's the question to Peter, and I want to get uh, Eric back in the conversation. Peter, are, are you worried at this point? Again, it's a year from November. It's a long time from now. Are you worried that the uh, the Trump euphoria that you see in your sphere of influence? are you worried that it might uh, it might fade? that uh, you know, eighteen months from now, Donald Trump will be old news and people will be tired of hearing about his trials and tribulations every single day, twenty four hours seven, that he'll be that oh. they'll be bored by him? I'm not worried about that at all. I, I, I know I'm going to be opening up a can of worms here, but I think that we're,
15: uh, our operating premise that he actually lost the election in 2020 is incorrect. I think that uh, you know nobody would have argued in February of 2020, prior to COVID, that Donald Trump was absolutely going to win the election. The uh, other side had to basically put uh, into place a bunch of uh, fugazi rules and regulations that ultimately resulted in uh, a a loss for Donald Trump. However, if you look at for people that were actually drawing breath, who were legally allowed to vote in the United States on election day in 2020, I think that Donald Trump would have absolutely won. If you had okay. hadn't put in the vote, COVID voting rules, so I think that his base is more energized than ever. I think that they're much more likely to come out and vote. I think that the Republican Party is taking a lot of steps to try to make sure that we become so good at making that okay. the
0: gonna, uh, Democrats want to make it illegal. We're gonna we're gonna pause. Uh, Eric Cohn fell off his chair during some of your response, so I want to give him an opportunity to respond. One 8029 from coast to coast and border to border. Our panel tonight. They're, uh, they've come to play. Back shortly.
5: <sighs> goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No,
7: Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride, with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality
6: education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's
7: purdueglobal.edu.
8: They need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov
0: Beyond the Beltway continues from uh, AM 560. The answer in uh, Elksboro Village, Illinois, just outside Chicago. Uh, also joining us is uh, uh, Eric Cohn. He joins us uh, from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Eric, you were going to make a comment because you uh, I saw you literally cringe and literally almost fall off the chair with, uh, with Peter's uh, desire to bring up uh, and relitigate the last presidential election.
1: Yeah, I my point there is that i have no interest and no desire in relitigating it because i think it's pointless i think he's wrong um i think he's demonstrably wrong about it but i don't know what the utility of us relitigating that again here right now actually is the point that i really wanted to make is um and this is a much smaller one but it's about the current election I don't think what Trump and Tucker Carlson did was brilliant. 12 million people watched the debate on Fox. That actually means watched with duration. You're going to have fall off in that over from the first hour to the second. Fewer people were watching in the second hour, but I actually do digital marketing. So for people looking at this like 220, 250 million views on the Tucker video, let me tell you how that actually works. Twitter counts as a view when you uh, watch it for two seconds. At least two seconds and mm-hmm. the video is at least half in your screen there are 77 about 77 78 million american twitter users uh it is just not possible it is not at all possible and twitter would never tell you that it is possibly true that 280 million people or whatever watched the entirety of that 45 minute video right. most of them saw a couple seconds they scrolled past it they may read some coverage of it but. The most attention from that night was tuned to the people on the debate stage, not to the insanity that Tucker Carlson, who I think was crazier than Trump in that debate or that interview, we should mm-hmm. note, right. uh, not to what they were talking about.
4: Go ahead, Peter. Now let Peter go. I just wanted to
15: say, to, to, to your original point in the last segment, Eric, what's the difference? I mean, nobody in the in the debate is going to replace Donald Trump. He's way too far out ahead. He's going to be the I agree.
4: And and I so I'll just jump in. I don't I don't agree. I I think all kinds all kinds of things could happen in both parties between now and when the primary votes vote votes start. Um, And I I would I I I will say I do agree that Trump is the most like from a probable probability standpoint he is the most likely nominee. That's not the same as saying he's absolutely one hundred percent going to walk away with the nomination i, I don't it 's possible that he does, but there are all kinds of things that can happen, and I would like one of yeah. those things to happen because mm-hmm. um you, you know just because. I think he's the weakest candidate. And I will, I don't, I don't necessarily, I live right. in Illinois, so I don't have to vote for him to hope that he wins. But if Donald Trump is the nominee, I will hope that he defeats the Democrats. But I'll, I'll repeat what I said in the last episode and I think or in the last hour, but um, I will say this again and I'll say it a thousand times between, between now and the primaries and if the if donald trump is the nominee the election is going to be about donald trump and he's going to lose and if the election is about anybody else if anybody else in the republican uh field is the nominee the election is going to be about joe biden and joe biden is going to lose uh, and and trump may have a shot against biden but it's not any way i'd want to bet
0: peter let me Bruno, you, let me ask go you ahead, this go ahead, peter. Like, any, no, no, no good eric go ahead eric and then peter
1: you're right. Anything could possibly happen. The sweet meteor of death could strike the earth and none of us are here anymore tomorrow. Right. Like we just we don't know that, right? right. What do you foresee that could actually plausibly happen that would change the trajectory of this GOP primary race, where Trump is ahead by 40 points? He is a former president of the United States. 37% of the Republican electorate says that he is their first and only choice. Mike gave that statistic earlier of how many people who say they won't vote for uh, somebody else if they're the nominee. I'm like, I'm trying to be the optimistic guy, Mike or uh, uh, Bruno. That is like my inclination is to try to be the optimistic person. I do not see what that possible event or events uh, and are. I, 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 I'm certainly
4: effect. Eric. I'm certainly not going to be able to, you know, come up with some uh, uh, combination of events that changes all that. I'm just saying this is a very, very fluid time and a very, very strange, uh, configuration of the that? American. It, it, yeah, I think it is. And I'm, and I'm, I I'm agree
3: with Eric. I, I don't think it's that fluid. Um, <laughs> I,
1: well, I don't think, I don't think anything of the last eight years points to fluidity. Uh, yeah,
4: no, I, th- I, I think you, I think you guys might be misreading things <laughs> and, and and, I hope you are.
1: Well, how? I mean, I, I, please please explain it but, to me. How are, how is it fluid?
0: Here, here's one thing that I'm going to use, you know, pessimistic. Uh, I, I'm going to be very pessimistic here. And I think very real uh, we have been talking about the age of Joe Biden. Joe Biden could drop dead tomorrow. That changes the political equation, because is Kamala Harris is she going to fill out the term? Yes. Is she going to run for reelection? Probably yes, but maybe there'd be a challenge. That changes the dynamic of the election. And now let's also look to the other side. Donald Trump could drop dead tomorrow. He could. Anybody on this panel could drop dead tomorrow. But that that changes (coughs) that changes the equation.
3: That does kind of support Bruno's point. And I'm sorry and and no offense to uh, yeah. uh, Bruce cuz you're you're the oldest uh, here sure. uh, of us but yeah the older you are the more likelihood that you're your, uh, your bucket kicking uh, moment is uh, closer and That's we right. have the two <laughs> the two oldest me- men in his- in American history running against each other last time and again combined ages what 180 or something yep. they will uh yeah that could happen and Peter, that would change everything
0: Peter are you I I, do, I, want, I want to get Peter's response to my pessimistic uh Comment because people do talk about that even though they don't talk about it on the radio.
15: I think that, uh, you know, when we were young, uh, to, if someone lived to 65 years old, it was considered old. Uh, people are now living regularly into their 90s. So that's not something that I would even consider at this juncture. I mean, if it happens, we deal with it at that point. But I, I, I think it's highly unlikely that would happen now. I do want to go back to a point that Bruno made, though, because I take issue with his. Uh, assertion that Donald Trump is the weakest candidate. I actually think he's the strongest candidate. I mean, you, for the for the brief period of time that, uh, DeSantis was showing some momentum, you had people on the left that were talking about how he's worse than Donald Trump. My point being that they have a playbook out there where they're going to systematically destroy whomever the Republican nominee is. Right. Donald Trump. Line of steel. He has been under unrelenting assault for six years, and we see that he comes out every day smiling and ready to do battle. I think that any of the other people on that stage would have been in fetal position crying out for their mommies by now. <laughs> so I just don't uh, imagine that. Uh, I, I think Donald Trump's the strongest candidate without question. Uh, yeah, how, I, does I, he
0: bec- how does he become, in your view, Peter? How does he become more likable to the people that voted against him or are? <clears throat> repelled by him you know it's unfortunate it's unfortunate but the you know the the
15: uh, left uses our desire to be members of polite society against us i'm from new york in case you can't tell originally i'm not i'm not at all offended by anything that donald trump says not, I'm not marrying Donald Trump. I'm not voting for him because I want somebody that's a nice guy. I want somebody who's going to get things done. And quite frankly, I want an outsider. As you said in the beginning of the segment, I spent the nearly 30 years in the federal government. I joined the federal government believing I was doing God's work. By the time I retired, I had little faith in the federal government, and now I have absolutely none. So I want somebody to restore the government to the, uh, you know, I want the government to be given back to the people. And I think that Donald Trump is the guy that's going to do
0: that. Vivek Ramaswamy said that he would, uh, he wants to dismantle the FBI. Now, you did not work, I don't believe you worked for the FBI. You worked for uh, other law enforcement agencies. Am I correct? You never worked for the FBI? you are correct, okay. but
15: I uh, I absolutely agree with Vivek Ramaswamy. I, ca- I can't honestly
0: think of anything the FBI done since the Lindbergh kidnapping that's any good. So, really, but 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 Trump hasn't made a big point of that. Should he? You know, Donald Donald Trump in his first term, I I think he believed
15: that he was going to ascend to the presidency and that the administration was going to fall in line behind him because. As the, as the sole person mentioned in the Constitution, as the embodiment of the administration, he thought that he was going to be running things. I think he was quite uh, taken aback when he realized that it's actually the deep state that's in charge.
0: Well, I think in the second term, he's going to take a much
15: harder look at that.
0: Will, will the second term just be about revenge? That's what a lot of people think.
15: I, don't want, I hope not. I don't want revenge. I mean, I, I think we need serious reform.
3: Accountability. I think the
15: government account absolutely the gov- the the government uh, the deep state is out of control and it's not just the FBI although they're a large part of it. I mean uh, you know constitutionally I, I really I always say I, I think that the uh, federal government needs to be taken apart brick by brick and the pieces put so far apart that no future president could ever reassemble them. <laughs> Bruno, uh,
4: you know it, it's really hard because um, I think in in the four of us here today are probably more like-minded than not uh... there isn't a democrat on the panel talking about how wonderful joe biden is because of his wonderful uh... policies which are of course not wonderful so I, I don't want to sit there and go tit-for-tat with like, here's how this will happen and here's how that's going to happen and here's what's going to happen in the in the, in the the nomination process. I, I think, you know, I've, I've been pretty clear that I agree that the probability is Trump is going to be the nominee. I don't think he's the strongest candidate. I don't think all of those people up there would have been in a fetal position. And I do think, you know, just because Trump was unfairly treated doesn't make him the strongest or the best person to handle all these things. So, uh, you know, at this moment, I don't know what his path to victory is but I'm still a DeSantis guy uh, for the most part and I've said this a thousand times I'd, I'd be happy with Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, any one of those other people um, because I think what happens is another Republican brings back so many of the votes that are never going to vote for Donald Trump whether that's fair or not it, 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 Those some of those votes can be brought back
3: Mike this is going to sound very politician-y but this <laughs> is, this is really about the people and the people of america always choose i think the man for the moment and i think this is the last chance obviously that biden or trump is ever going to be on the ballot in 2024 and i still mm-hmm. think
0: trump can make the argument that he's the man for the moment in uh, 2024 okay gotta pause one 800 from coast to coast and border to border i'm bruce dumont don't go away
5: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra. An exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. A kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
9: When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not.
7: Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs.
5: And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body.
12: And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes.
5: Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s.
11: Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control
5: Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
0: Bruce, you back. We continue with Beyond the Beltway. And let's go to Joy listening to us in Spokane, Washington. Go ahead, Joy.
11: Hi. Um, hi. Hi. I am... Uh the Democrat, his yeah. voice, um, but, but I'm speaking more at this point as um, a person of faith, um, I think a person of integrity, um, a person of morals, and I still do not understand from those perspectives the support of Trump. Um, I, I just came back from Guatemala. It's my fourth trip there. And if I talked to the people that Trump influenced, they would say, oh, those Guatemalans are dirty, they're bringing in diseases, they are rapists, they are terrorists.
0: No, but not necessarily.
11: There's some good ones there. I think there's many who would. I think when the killings were four years ago of the Mexicans, I think when the three black people were killed yesterday I think it's the language Trump has provided to our country I, I why, don't you know
0: what, 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 cons- why why do you draw that connection what is it about what
11: Donald Trump he made, has it, said- he made it oh, he's made it okay to take that and turn it into policies where there's a lot of hate I'm sorry. He—it's ha- not just him. what policy. What he policy? Made it okay, to the policies across the country about transgender individuals. The policies that um, Donald Trump so hasn't.
0: Many, Donald Trump brutal? hasn't said much about transgender. I mean, the, the the issue here is you're basically saying, as a Democrat from Washington, you obviously support the Democratic position on transgenders. And, and you know what? Let, let the no, elect, let the no i don't want to be just, about I don't
11: want. I don't want it to just be that subject. That's but what I'm saying is, I want to cry about what I hear on the right wing, right well, wing radio shows. Don't, and there don't are
0: cry, Joy. Don't cry.
11: People. No, no, our country—they're reaching millions of people. Let's let wait a minute, Joy. Let's, to, let's let let's let, let no, somebody.
0: Can I just? No, you, Joy, Joy, I mean, you have, quickly. Joy, you have said a lot. Now, right now, I'd like you to rest your mouth, listen, open the ears, and I want to let Peter, who disagrees with you, comment on that, and then we'll go back to you. I'm not cutting you off, but I want, I want some, imp- I want information going in the ear, not just commentary out the mouth. Peter, go ahead.
11: Uh, let me just. I no, 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 you, Joy,
0: you don't me. have to say any more. No, Joy, you haven't. said... You know what, Joy? You're getting, you're ticking me off, and notwithstanding what the, the caller said earlier, that I don't cut people off. I don't want to cut you off, but you know what? Right now, be quiet and let Peter respond, because he disagrees with your assessment of Donald Trump. Give him 30 seconds to talk about it. Peter. Donald
15: Trump is an America first president who believes that the needs of Americans have to come before the needs of foreigners. He believes that we should have a... Uh, a big, beautiful gate, as he always says, but that we need a wall and that we need to manage our uh, borders. A uh, we, we, uh, country is not a country without borders. And we can't uh, basically just open our doors to everybody in the world because our own people suffer because of that. It, it depresses wages it reduces wages it's not compassionate many of the people that are being trafficked into this country and this is something I know something about because I did work for the Department of Homeland Security many of the people that are being trafficked into the country are victimized not only by the coyotes that d- 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 rob them rape them drop them bringing them in here. But then again, once they get here, because it takes seven years before they could even think about becoming legalized, and they're victimized by uh, unscrupulous employers. So it's, you know, the, uh, the the media likes to play on our compassions and, and make us think that it's mean to stop illegal immigration, but it's not. It's actually very compassionate. And we need to return to a compassionate stance and uh, put a system in place where people can come here lawfully when the
0: country can absorb them okay joy that doesn't sound like a lot but of hatred to me
11: well it's not a compassionate stance i mean let me no let me say it 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 what the texas governor is doing is not a compassionate stance um I what is the, the texas
15: governor the doing joy
11: yeah. they have barbed wire they have Well, that's called a border.
15: That's what a border is. It's just like heaven. Heaven has a gate and a wall and rules to get in.
11: But you don't have barbed wire that children get caught up on. Well,
0: then the children should be listening to their parents. Joy, it's been a joy. Goodbye. It's goodbye. We're going to go to Ben in El Paso. Ben, are you there? Yes, I am. Um,
12: Go ahead. I want Joy and others who say they are looking for the truth, to please listen to the interview on Twitter with Tucker Carlson and Stephen Sun, the Capitol Police Chief during the January 6th insurrection. Right. Has anybody there listened to that?
15: Yet? Oh, yeah, the whole uh, thing. Yeah. I heard the whole thing, absolutely.
12: Anybody that listens to that interview and wants the truth will realize that January 6th was a booby trap set up by the Democrats, Including Nancy Pelosi and the mayor of D.C., among other Democrats, that could have averted it from happening but didn't want it to be prevented. Indeed, they orchestrated it.
0: Ben, I want to get reaction from Eric Cohn to that comment, and then we're going to move on. Eric, do you want to comment on that? It's another uh, issue regarding uh, January 6th, but uh, it's one that has some significance to it, I
1: believe. Does it? I, I you know, again, yeah, if I, I think tw- it does. If you're turning well. to Tucker Carlson for what is the truth in this world, then I think you are making an extreme mistake. So I, I really, honestly, don't <laughs> have much to say beyond that.
4: Okay, so let me let me let me
0: let's go to Mike and then Bruno and then, uh, uh then we're going to move on with another.
3: No, fight. I mean, if I can encapsulate it in like. Twenty seconds. I mean, it was a fantastic interview. Tucker's awesome. It was. Uh, we still don't know why he was he was uh, <laughs> fired from uh, from Fox. And that interview brought up a lot a of guys of, of facts of this guy who was the man who would be the legal enforcer of people coming to protect the Capitol. And he said that he tried to protect the Capitol, and he was shut out from a lot of the uh, uh, briefings right before it. He did. He wanted National Guard. On the site, and he kept being turned down by Nancy Pelosi, etc. Mm. I what was the name of the uh, the guy again? Caller, I forget the name of him, but yeah, just Google Tucker Steve Carlson, Sund, Steve Sund. Sund yeah, and, Sund. yeah,
1: just watch Steven it. Sund. It's it's not it's not Tucker Carlson saying it. It's is Stephen yeah, saying encourage it. encourage people to just. I would, I would, again, encourage sure. people to just um, uh, look up the the British aphorism or just embrace the British aphorism of cock up before conspiracy. This is my, what I resent about all of this is that Tucker Carlson is a conspiracy lunatic. and can,
12: You
13: guys don't, don't want to
1: hear the truth. Yeah. I mean, a guy who's
3: actually there, I don't want to hear the truth. In charge of the legal. Again, Michael, one, Michael, one Michael, second, Michael second, come
1: on, man. So the, the most Eric. logical explanation for all of that is incompetence. It is failure. Not that it is some orchestrated conspiracy that they wanted this to happen and these puppet masters are moving things from above and all of that. It's I, it strong is amazing man. how ludicrous all of this sounds. Yeah, you're doing strong stuff, Eric. Please Eric.
12: listen okay. to the interview and, okay. and, and listen to it. Try, try to learn something other than what you're being told on mainstream media and all your other uh in, in media that is uh, or that the
1: saying that you have no idea what i watch that, uh, you have, you have, no you have no ad, bad, bad if you one one
0: want to condescend bruno to somebody you okay. haven't listened to, listen listen to, to that interview Guys. Second, sir bruno baron. Okay. Bruno baron, okay. baron. He he into baron. That baron. Interview, then we're going to go bye-bye to ben go ahead
4: all right so um i i would ask eric to like you know i i tend to share eric's view that carlson is going a little bit off the rails since he's uh off of uh, um, off Fox. of uh, Fox, but and I don't know that Tucker Carlson, I don't know that everything he says is a lie. I don't know that everything he says is a conspiracy nut. Uh, my view, when I looked at what, what little I knew of January 6th, the day it actually happened and things I've seen since, um, sometimes things aren't incompetence. Sometimes things are advantage taken from incompetence. I don't pretend to know what actually happened on January 6th, but I do know that the Democrats used that, uh, the the in, the entire instance to do everything they could to discredit Republicans and discredit Trump and try, frankly if that was a trap uh, the Republicans were quite stupid to walk into it the way they did they should have known better. All
0: right, I'm going to change yeah. the subject right now. We have talked about and we generally do on this program. We've talked about either conspiracy or possible conspiracy, uh, and we've talked about the Republicans. Primarily, it was all Republican tonight, but again, there's another there's another political movement that's out there that is being ignored by the national media, and that's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He is saying things that a lot of Democrats, a smaller number of Democrats, believe, and I think he's saying things that a lot of Republicans believe. I want to go back to you, Peter. Again, you're for Trump. There's no question that you're for Trump. But what do you make of, of the comments of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and whether or not uh, he is saying things that maybe uh, could come home to roost for a Donald Trump if he does not end up as the Democratic nominee, but he sounds a little I've, bit like uh, Trump. I
15: have uh, well, listen, I've I've actually engaged a bit with some of the uh, Kennedy people. I am I'm I'm as I said. You're correct. I am 100% in Trump's camp. I am absolutely going to vote for Trump. But if for some reason Trump is not my party's nominee, I'd rather vote for RFK than anybody else on the Democrat, I'm oh, sorry, on the Republican side. I want an outsider. I agree with him 75% of the time. I think that uh, in very in, in many instances they feel the same way. I mean, they feel the same way on the war in Ukraine. They feel the same way on censorship. They feel the same way on, on uh, government interventionism and on corporate cap- capture. I think that uh, They're very similar, so I, I I don't know if that answers when your question. We, but that's my feelings on Kennedy. All
0: right. When we come back, I want to get reaction from all other guests this, on the program this evening about Robert F. Kennedy and and what is it that he's saying that seems to be touching a nerve with Democratic or potential Democratic primary voters. Excellent.
5: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zinc and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
7: I'll be here to hear what's on your mind.
8: Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them, parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance, early and often, on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it, not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
14: One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you your dog walker your cat jogger while one in three adults has pre-diabetes with early diagnosis pre-diabetes can be reversed take the risk test at doihabprediabetes.org that's doihabprediabetes.org Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners.
0: Bruce Dumont back and uh, Eric Cohn, I want to get your reaction because I, I want to get everybody's reaction to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and what he is saying and whether or not much of what he is saying can cross pollinate to a Donald Trump or to uh, some Republicans, in other words, he's saying things. It was much, much like what Trump was doing with Bernie Sanders in 2016. I'll, there was a lot of cross pollination between their supporters, and I'm wondering uh, where you would put uh, Robert F. Kennedy and his supporters right now as they seek the Democratic nomination for president
1: well there aren't that many of them i believe the last time i looked at uh, real clear politics and their average he had about 11 or 13 percent in the democratic primary um so like this this notion that he is striking a chord with a whole lot of people i just don't see being venerated in any of the ways you would expect it to to be shown Mm -hmm. um there are certainly uh people in the media and certain sectors of the media who have an interest in what he's saying. Um, I think a lot of that is because he has a very famous name. Um, But I I don't think people should forget that he is, you know, again, people uh, react to this however you want. Don't particularly care. Has been advancing crazy ideas for a very long time. He was a booster of the Andrew Wakefield idea that uh, vaccines were uh, the MMR vaccine was causing autism, which has been thoroughly debunked. Um he has advanced the idea that JFK and RFK his dad were killed by the CIA there's no evidence to support that Sirhan Sirhan was the man who killed his dad he killed him because uh, RFK was a supporter of Israel and he was a Palestinian That's not um, I that's don't that's not what he says a though. lot of That's not, that's not, it's what, not Robert, what he says and that's I don't,
0: not what Robert
1: Kennedy It's not says. what he says you're right it is not what he says right. but that is what actually happened Well I'm not, I'm, I'm not.
0: I I'm yeah. so sure. we could do a whole show on that I'm not sure so sure, I would, uh, I would, s- so disagree with Robert Kennedy on that point. Uh, Bruno Baron, to you, I'm gonna
4: ask Eric to lunch sometime soon and see if I can, you know, kind of like get get some some simpatico going with some of this stuff because I think I think you're kind of overstating the uh, the establishment case in in some cases. But you know, again, you were quite a smart guy, so um, you, you know, more power to you if you, if you're right. Uh, this is what I take my take. I, first of all. Kennedy's not going to win anything. He's not going to win nope. any states. He's not going to win any primaries. Correct. Um, so, given that, what is his role? I think his role. Again, it, I'd love to have. I, I'm. I'm glad the Republicans have their problems. I'd rather have our problems, we Republicans, be conservatives than the Democrats' problems. I mean, all all he's doing as he's getting out there, to the extent that there's any Democrats at all listening to him, um, those Democrats, when they see what happens in the in the general election. Are uh, particularly if it's Trump, um, you're going to see a very similar thing. I mean, the, the stat that crushed me on the 2016 election was that um, what is it? 10 percent of the Bernie Sanders voted who who voted in the general election voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's like a that's like crazy talk, right. well, and that's what's one of the reasons that's Trump. What a, that's what it's
0: I'm wondering whether though. that's going on, Mike. let me just finish with ask, one last want, thing. No, okay. we'll be back to you, Mike Coolidge. Oh, okay. I was go I was go going ahead. to defer to. No, if, go ahead. If,
3: Well, yeah, Bernie Sanders, I mean, he is speaking or he just spoke in in, uh, New Hampshire this weekend. He's still a factor. He's not going to run. But he and his whole point was to bring up topics that he didn't think the Democrats were talking about. And RFK Jr. is bringing up topics in 2023, 2024 that the Democrats and, frankly, the whole country should be talking about. And it is resonating with some people. No, he's absolutely not going to win the nomination. Right. Of course not. But – he is having an effect. I think he's extremely interesting. Of course, I don't agree with most of the things because he's a Democrat and he's a liberal Democrat. But man, what a bold guy. He is taking arrows from everyone in the right. establishment. They yeah, hate him with a passion, no, really and it's do. it's actually inspiring. Talk about a profile and courage, which his uncle wrote a book right. about uh, in the 50s, which put him on the map. Uh, he's had one of the biggest profiles in courage, uh, I think, in the last uh, ten years. Right,
0: and he's also saying uh, he is he is saying that it, it's long overdue that the records on the Kennedy assassination be released. Donald Trump said he would do it, didn't do it. Joe Biden said he would do it. They're now pushing it back and back and back. And again, notwithstanding your your thoughts about whether there was CIA or FBI complicity uh, in the assassination of John F. Kennedy, I mean, the point is, it's time for the American people, that was over 60 years ago, it's time for the American people yeah. to see Why is that the information. That's ridiculous. Why is that sealed? And he's the only one that's talking about it. Yeah. And when he talks about it, everybody says that he's a WECO, yet, yet the, the majority of Americans don't believe the And there could reform. be nothing
3: in there. If there's nothing, in, then just let us
0: see it. Well, well, this is it, the, it it's the deep be... state protecting itself. It, it, Go ahead,
3: it, it, Peter.
15: It's the deep state protecting itself. That's why the records are still sealed. Yeah. You know, I, I I if you would have asked me uh, seven years ago whether or not the CIA killed John Kennedy, I would have said absolutely not. After seeing what the uh, deep state did to Donald Trump, I'm convinced that they did.
3: They're, they're more corrupt than they've ever been. Yes, absolutely.
15: They've always been corrupt, but it's 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 at a scale uh, heretofore unseen, and 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 the, the machine is protecting itself. That's all that's happening. We need somebody who's going to go in there and destroy the machine. So, and I think the only two people that would. Yet really, speaking in that vein, are Donald Trump and Robert Kennedy. I've actually, look, I've argued uh, for them to, uh, what I'd like to see is for them to get on the same ticket, and the moment they take the oath of office, start a new party and flush both of the old parties down the drain, because quite honestly, they
0: both stink. Wouldn't that be a a ticket? Yeah,
4: (laughs) so maybe we could all have like the same viewpoint, but be a little bit more realistic about it. So you and I, Peter, don't disagree On the necessity to dismantle the deep state, Um, however, this you know urge to just go in and you know rip out the entrails of everything, um, you know, doesn't isn't necessarily the best policy. the The fact of the matter is that we have to actually come up with bills, and you have to write legislation, and you have to say how you're going to dismantle the deep state, and then you have to run on it. And the problem with Trump is he runs on on words, on, on vignettes, and, and little bon mots, and he doesn't run on policies and bills and things that actually have to get passed into law. Well, by ultimately,
15: legislators. listen. Ultimately, I mean, the the Heritage Foundation did a report about this about ten years ago. Or so uh, basically some of the initial steps that you could take to take apart the deep state. Ultimately, it all comes down to funding. All right, it's all about funding. You can you can uh, you know, Congress has to be complicit, and that's the issue because we- everybody's got their
0: own pet. Pr- Peter, I've got to and interrupt. We, we we are out of time. That's a Peter Qualia who's joined us this evening, making his maiden voyage. Did a nice job tonight, Peter. Uh, Eric Cohn also joins us from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, also making his that uh, uh, really made his second appearance on this program. And uh, long, long, obviously Bernard Bear has been here for a long time. And uh, Mike Coolidge, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it was nice Peter. sharing. Uh, debate night with you as well. Our thanks to Fritz Goldman for his assistance in the production of this program. This is Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago.